welcome to the Pantology Princess podcast. Welcome to my delirium. One thing that has haunted my thoughts thoroughly over the past three years or so is how HBO fumbled the bag with True Blood. They fumbled so thoroughly, I'm convinced they had a seer look into the future, see me fuming, and decide, yeah, we're going to ruin this gal's life. Now, I have spent many a thought thinking about how the Southern Vampire Mysteries did not get the justice it deserved. And one of the main reasons why I wanted to start this podcast was to talk about this topic. I have friends that have watched the show, but I don't know many people that have read all of the books. So I need to finally get my thoughts out to the masses. This is going to be a series, and this series is called The Vampire Cinematic Universe. The Vampire Cinematic Universe, or the VCU, if we will, will be its own thing because I have many a thought on Twilight, also Vampire Diaries, and just a fascination with vampire lure in general. The first branch of the VCU, Vampire Cinematic Universe, will revolve around True Blood and the Southern Vampire Mysteries. This episode specifically is going to be about my main gripe with the series in general. And then the following episodes will be a more in-depth analysis between the books and the True Blood seasons. With that being said, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. And the thing about me is I love spoilers because I want to know if I need to take the time to read these things or if I'm going to watch a show, if I'm going to watch a movie. And also, I don't want to know if there's tragedy. I don't know. I'm a spoiler girl, except for Sarah J. Mass books. I can't. Spo- I, I didn't spoil myself when I read A Court of Thorns and Roses series, and I am proud. I did spoil a little bit with Throne of Glass, and I wish I didn't. So, with that being said, again, spoiler alert, and that's coming from a spoiler lover. And with that spoiler alert warning, if you um, still try to come for me, even though I said no spoilers, you're entering at your own risk. Let's give some background to the folks that may not be aware of True Blood or the Southern Vampire Mysteries. Basically... The story revolves around Sookie Stackhouse. She's a barmaid in Bon Tomp, Louisiana, which is in northern Louisiana. Um, bon Tomp's is fake. The closest real place is Shreveport, where some of the settings um, of the show, the show and the series, the books take place. I'll actually tell people to be like, oh, I'm from Louisiana. I'm like, oh, you ever been to Shreveport? <laughs> because it's the only <laughs> place besides, like, Baton Rouge or Nolens that people know so I'm like oh you know where Shreveport is or I'll troll and be like oh hey you ever been to Bon Tom even though I know it's fake but anyway so in this true blood southern vampire mysteries world vampires can actually live out in the open due to synthetic blood being created thus they don't need to feed on humans to live so they can come out of the coffin so Sookie Stackhouse is a telepath and is drawn to vamps more so than the other um, residents of this small Louisiana town is because she can't read the vampire minds. She reads human minds all day, every day, all the time. And that's a lot for her, so she's ready to meet some vampires. 
And so the first vampire she actually stumbles upon is Vampire Bill, Bill Compton, who's actually her neighbor, like across the graveyard. And they quickly fall for each other. They fall in love. Thus, the books and seasons of hijinks ensue. Now, there are shapeshifters. Sookie's boss Sam is a shapeshifter. He's a full shapeshifter. So any animal, he just sees a picture of it and he can do it. There are werewolves. The werewolves prefer the term were. Um, there are other were creatures like were panthers, were uh, like owls. I don't know. But you can't. they can't call themselves wares because the... The um, werewolves are like werewares, y'all are shifters, or werepanthers, whatever you want. And there are fairies. And Sookie ends up being part fairy, and that explains why she has tele- telepathic abilities. I was trying to do telekinesis from um, Superstar, but I realized it was telekinesis and not telepathy. So, anywho... Overall, for the show, the concept and characters were interesting, and it's HBO, so they're going to put in a lot of naughty scenes, and the books did have their fair share of smut, and it might be a little too much for me, but well, you know, HBO's going to HBO, and they're going to get their coins. I already talked about how I feel personally victimized by HBO. I might be giving hateration in this dancery. But I did truly start off by liking the True Blood series. I watched the show in undergrad, but took a pause after season five, which you know I'm going to talk Like, season five, okay. It was, again, a little too much, a little freaky, and I'm like, I need to take a break. So I didn't end up finishing the show totally until grad school, so, like, 2017 or 2018. And, you know, I was a Twilight girly in middle school, so it was only a matter of time before I watched True Blood. It was in, it was in mid-blood. Now I'm gonna admit, um, because this is a safe space and we're all friends, that I did mostly watch True Blood because of the Viking Swedish Zaddy Eric Northman, played by Alex Skarsgård, um, and then he was actually in The Northman, as and you know I saw I had to see it <laughs> and I did see it because he was in it and he was playing a Viking, but I digress. My ex-boyfriend, my favorite ex-boyfriend, I only have two, um, is tall and blonde and Scandinavian. And I swear it wasn't because Eric Northman. <laughs> um, but I did know him before I watched True Blood. But what mostly drew me to the show was the mythology of it. Because not only are we getting vampires, we get shifters, wares, maenads, and fairies. And I'm probably leaving stuff out, but you know me, I'm a, I like mythology and I just found it interesting. I took a mythology course in undergrad and I remember my professor would be like, does anyone know what this is? Or like ask the class if they heard of something before. And I'm like, yeah, that was in True Blood, specifically talking about Dionysus and the Maenads, for example. So True Blood did educate the girlies. They were teaching the youths because I believe the youths are the future. And prior to True Blood, I didn't really consume any media regarding, like, if the fae besides, like, Neopets. Um, now I read the Sarah J. Mass book, so I'm an expert in the Sarah J. Mass cinematic fairy universe. Another concept that drew me in to True Blood was the way that vampires were immersed in society. Typically, what you see is, like, 
the vampires were hidden they couldn't come out in the daytime but i did like how true blood the vamps were living amongst the humans um but i'm gonna do another episode in the vampire cinematic universe where i compare vampire shows and books like true blood vampire diaries twilight to what we typically hear of vampires myths and legends so that'll be at a later date but again true blood i like the concept that the vampires are in the open out of the coffin vampires living amongst humans is not something that we really saw in the mainstream vampire saturated media so that in itself was giving a point of view that we haven't seen like i mentioned i first listened to the southern vampire mysteries by charlene harris can we anoint her because the things that she has done for me in my life i am forever grateful charlene harris if you're out there this is for you I'm doing you justice. I'm fighting for you. We're rooting for you. But one of my coworkers said that the audiobooks for the Southern Vampire Mysteries were so good. Um, it's probably one of my favorite book series solely based on the audiobook performer being that girl, Joanna Parker, put her whole kukako into those books. I believe she's truly from the back swamp of Louisiana. She is a performer a legend and she is the moment you cannot tell me she is not Sookie Stackhouse in the vampires worldwide she did all those accents she did the Irish she did the the Swedish Viking like she did it all and Joanna Parker we trust all right let's get down to the tea so the first four books were very similar to the show and I was like whatever but once we got to the remaining Southern Vampire Mystery novels in seasons five through seven of the True Blood show, that's when I started fuming. I'm going to go more in depth in future episodes and specifically lay out the transgressions <laughs> that were done. So the differences between the books and the show. One thing that I will mention now is one of my biggest grievances is that Suki and Eric were married in the books. Technically, Suki was tricked into it, but they still dated. Like, they dated, dated. Not just when he lost his memories. And I felt so betrayed because I could have gotten more Suki and Eric in the show. The books gave me what I wanted and needed. Now, let's get to the question at hand. We know a lot of times shows and movies based on books are not going to be 100% accurate. They don't have the time, money, or energy for it. I never thought that I would be one of those hardcore, the book is better, zealots, but True Blood triggered me. Sidebar, even with time restrictions and stuff, but with books, um, the books can be very similar. Like the Hunger Games series, for example... There were some things that were off from book to movie, but they stuck to the books pretty well. And I think that's why they become my emotional support book series. And I'll elaborate on that at a later date. Back to True Blood. In the words of Tatiana, choices. HBO had a choice and they chose to personally attack me. Now I had time to think about this because one of my 
biggest things is when people complain but don't have solutions or just complaining just to complain. Like, I'm a complainer that's going to try to find out the root of the problem. So, not much better, but a little bit better. It would be easy for me to just say the books were better and leave it at that. But me being in Enneagram test number eight, aka the challenger, and an overall over-analytical person, I'm going to find the root of why the show flopped compared to my beloved books. Even though nobody asked for it, and both the book series and the TV show have long since ended. Now, here's my analysis. I have the mind of a mastermind. When did the show stop giving? How are the books still living? For me, the show stopped giving at season five. And why I choose season five originally is because I have rewatched True Blood several times over the years. And only up until season five, that's where I stopped. So I've rewatched up until season four, probably like four or five times. And why is that? Is it because I'm a true Eric and Sookie canon stan that I was good after that? Or maybe it was because seasons one through four and the first four books of the Southern Vampire Mysteries are essentially the same plotline. Season one, book one, someone is murdering Bone Tomp, lady loving vamps. Vamp loving ladies. <laughs> Season two, Sookie goes to Dallas to help a kidnapped vamp and a main ad is in Bone Tomp. Season three, Sookie goes to Mississippi to save Bill who was kidnapped by Lorena. Season four, witches are involved, Eric loses his memories, and we finally get Eric and Sookie together. There are other subplots and some characters that exist in the books, but not in the show and vice versa, but that's essentially what happens in the first four seasons. On book five, Dead as a Doornail. Now, I love Miss Harris because all the book titles have dead in it, and it's kind of morbid, but it's also like adorable. But anyway... Season 5, book 5, I do not think there is a single thing either have in common. In season 5 of the show, there's this whole Lilith plot line, and you lost me. I think the concept of Lilith as a character and the mythology behind it is, as the first vampire is interesting, but they couldn't sell it to me. They were doing too much. Pickle Boy, you're doing too much. And they're hunting Russell Edgington... And in the books, Russell was really just minding his own business and he gets married to another vamp like eventually. And even with the whole kidnapping Bill, like he just gave Lorena a place to go in the books. He wasn't really involved. So the question in my mind's eye is, why did HBO do that to me? Me personally, even though I didn't watch the show until however many years ago, why did they fumble the bag so hard? And I think I have the answer. And his name is Stephen Moyer. And if I'm mispronouncing it, oops. And here's why. In the third book, Club Dead, Sookie and Bill Compton are finished, kaput, finito. They broke up. And it's never, 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 ever getting back together. After Sookie saves Bill from Lorena, Debbie Pelt is at Alcide's apartment and pushes Sookie 
into the trunk of her car where a starving and tortured Bill is sleeping because it's daytime. And Suki was going to move him after dark. So she opens the trunk to check on him and Debbie pushes her in. So his vampire nature, he's in survival overdrive mode. And so he wakes up when the sun sets, bites Suki, starts feeding off of her and then essays her. And when he comes to his senses and the damage is done, after this, they're done and never get back together. They have like one in like one more like in situation like in the end of the books, but besides that, Bill's basically an acquaintance or coworker. Like in the fourth book, he's in Peru the whole time and he's working on his little vampire database. Like Bill's giving background character. Now this is how the show is impacted. Anna Paquin, who plays Suki Stackhouse, and Stephen Moyer who plays Bill. They basically fell in love during the first few days of filming. Now, I will admit, they do have a lot of chemistry, like, obviously, because they're married and they have kids now. And I wish I started watching this show while it was airing. But I was, like, 13, and that show is not appropriate for children's. But I just wish that I could have seen what the fan takes were at the time. Like, did the fans like Steven Moyer? Um, did they love Bill? Because, like I said, I'm an Eric Northman stand first and foremost. So I was never, like, enthralled with Bill's character, even in the books. And so, another question is, if Anna and Steven did not date, would they have let the books run their course in the show's plot? The first episode aired in 2008. Maybe they started filming in 2007 or earlier. I don't know how Hollywood works. Maybe 2006. But there were seven Southern vampire mystery books out in 2007. The material was there. They saw the fate of Bill and Sookie when they picked up the show. Hopefully they read the books. So would they have pushed Bill aside, his character in the show, and Stephen Moyer's portrayal? Would they have pushed that aside and let it run its course that it did in the books if the main character, the actress playing the main character, was not dating her co-star? At the end of season three, you know, remember at the end of book three, that's where Bill gets canceled. Um, At the end of season three in the show, he defeats Sophie Ann and becomes Vampire King of Louisiana. This didn't happen in the books. So even with this plotline, if him and Sookie are no more, Bill still has a strong essence in the show and cannot be ignored. He's the vampire king of Louisiana, thus leading to the tomfoolery that ensues in further seasons. So I'm not sure if the break off from the books happened solely because their relationship or because fans liked Bill as a character or Stephen Moyer's portrayal. But I think the math is mathing. There are other factors that could have led to the messy plot line. Um, There were things in the show that I think were for the best. For example, there are characters that were given more screen time compared to the books like Tara Thornton and Lafayette. Rest in peace, Nelson Ellis, because... If he did not play Lafayette, it would have not been the character that it was. And I think that definitely made the show. 
and characters like Jessica. Jessica wasn't even in the books, but I like her character. Um, I think mostly because Deborah Ann Wall is Guajosh. But ultimately, I think Bill's increased impact in the show is the straw that broke the camel's back. So that's all I have to say about that. There are, if there are any true blood, uh, something vampire mystery stands out there that want to weigh in, slide into my dims. The Instagram is pantology underscore princess. And Twitter is pantology underscore the letter P pod. Uh, there are too many characters in princess and pantology that I couldn't do that. Like I mentioned earlier, I'll be doing future episodes with an in-depth analysis comparing the Southern Vampire Mysteries to True Blood. It may not be the next podcast episode, just because I may need to actually rewatch the show now, but those last three seasons are brutal. I only watched it once. I was one and done. Couldn't do it again, but I'll do it for the arts. So that's all for now. Ciao, raga!